Sports Professor Rick Harrow, and we are on the record. Every week, this podcast will take you inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, the top deal-making issues, the top tech issues, and the top social responsibility issues, plus a blockbuster interview with someone who you might not have heard from in the world of sports, but having a profound effect on its impact. Let's get started. Sports professor Rick Harrow inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports. Inside all of them as we focus on mega events in America and beyond. Super Bowl, NHL, NBA, All-Star Games, Daytona 500, Masters coming up soon. All in a comeback period where we're getting to where we used to be pre-pandemic and going even further. In that context, deal-making issues three to one. Three. Esports organization Gen Z partnering with Mobile One, the official motor oil of the NBA, to launch a series of NBA 2K tournaments and a sweepstakes for fans to win one-on-one training with a professional NBA 2K League series of players. The deal will also see the launch of a four-part streaming series that will share tips on how NBA 2K players can improve their game. The tune-up program launched January 11 and will last through May 31. Two rounds of NBA 2K tournaments with more than 2,000 in cash prizes awarded in each round. In 2018, former NBA star Chris Bosh joined Gen Z as a player development advisor. It's Shanghai-based and became the first club outside of North America to join the NBA 2K League in 2020. A second international expansion club from Mexico is set to join the eSports League this year. Two. Real Madrid preparing a transfer package with Borussia Dortmund striker Erling Haaland along with other stars including Mbappe. The duo of superstars could be headed to Los Blancos this summer as the club continues their pursuit of football domination. Last month Barcelona held a meeting with the player's agent while in Dortmund and confirmed that Real Madrid among those interested in signing their Norwegian. It would absolutely shatter any previous transfer fee, but it would come at the right price. Both Mbappe and Holland are undoubtedly two of the best in the world, Holland having scored 78 goals in 77 games for Dortmund. In a dog-eat-dog game, one must spend big to assure every trophy possible. And Spanish newspaper Marca reports that both uh, Mbappe and Real expect a free transfer to go through, but there will be little done while PSG and Real take each other on in the Champions League. Haaland may move despite strong interest from Barcelona, and with the agent commissions, transfer fees, and wages, he could cost 350 million euros. One. Number one. Here's an interesting twist on NIL in America. Texas Tech basketball player gets offered an NIL deal mid-game. Adonis Arms and the Red Raiders were on their way to an easy victory over Oklahoma State when Raising Canes posted on Twitter telling Arms to check his DMs in the era of NIL and athletes being able to capitalize on themselves. Every company and corporation has been trying to tap into the brand new market. The game was in hand early in the second half. It's about when Canes slid into the DMs of first half star Adonis Arms saying, sounds like Arms needs some fingers, chicken fingers, check your DMs. Any deal involving free food is a must-have, and for Arms, it seems like he got just that. 
He'll be the second Red Raider basketball player with a deal at Raising Canes if one is worked out after Kevin McCuller landed one this summer. How about that? Mid-game. Deal-making issue number one. All about college sports. It is evolving. One thing that is stable. More than 40 bowls a year. Season is over. Rousing success. Pandemic comeback. We have an opportunity to get some perspective from somebody who really knows. A good friend and executive director of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl since 1994. And the bottom line is a 23 to $25 million economic impact every year they play. Mississippi State, Texas Tech this year, but this is no exception. He, Steve Earhart, was executive director of the USL, USFL, president of the Memphis Showboats, commissioner of the World Basketball League, and the Colorado Rockies president. He's done it all. By the way, captain and quarterback at Colorado College. He'll tell you who else he played with during that time. But really interesting perspective here is Steve Earhart. It's great to be with you, and uh, I know people watching your show uh, understand that you're one of the most knowledgeable sports guys in the country, knowing you for nearly 40 years, and your expertise is uh, just terrific around the country. So I appreciate being here with you today, and uh, you know, uh, when you said my leather helmet, there was another great sports figure that was the fullback, and I'd turn around and hand off the ball. Remember Steve Sable? He was the fullback on oh, our yeah. team yeah. there back in the 60s who, who did such a great job in developing NFL films and was just inducted in the in the Hall of Fame. So, uh, you know, we did wear leather helmets, but we had some good players. But it's great to be with you here today talking about the business of uh, sport. And, and, and the business of sports, obviously, you know it because of your very background, but We'll focus a bit on the bowls today, just because you've been uh, the king of Memphis bowls. Uh, Ninety-four, let's see, oh four, fourteen. So what? It was it twenty-seven years now? Yeah. Is that right? Is this your twenty-seventh? That that's that's right. Oh. And uh, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl is the seventh oldest bowl game in America. Back when there was a, you know the Rose Bowl, the Sugar, and then bowls were just developing. And uh, the reason it's named the Liberty Bowl is because it was started in Philadelphia by World War Two. Uh, vet uh, Bud Dudley, and then uh, it was so cold up in Philadelphia, he moved down here to Memphis. We've been here ever since. And now there's what, I lose count, 42 bowls when ESPN created this new bowl just a week ago. All of a sudden, there's another new bowl. So I, I guess it depends on who you ask. Are there too many bowls? Those of us who remember the days when the bowls had more discretion about who we could invite to our bowl game because there you know, were more teams available. Now, every single college team that had a six win season got into a bowl game this year. So it's really important. And I understand that uh, schools that don't normally have, they're not in the power five, but it's a great experience for their student athletes, their bands, their constituency. So you asked that question about too many, not for the players and the constituency that gets the chance to have that final cap to the season to celebrate their achievement. By the way, this is only a geek statistic. You'd appreciate this. But the combined records of the teams participating in the Myrtle Beach, Hawaii, Frisco Classic, Pinstripe, and Dukes Mayo are 30 and 31. Did you know that? Well, yes, and that's right, because there's a lot of, quote, six and six teams that play in bowl games. But sometimes those six and six teams, they're the bowl or they're the team that hasn't had a chance to play. Certainly the Alabamas and the Michigans and these kind of schools, you know, they're already programmed to be in a bowl game. And it's sort of a passe, you know, for them. But if you take an Akron that doesn't have a chance to play in a bowl game, ever they get their six wins. This is a great experience for them. So I don't really knock a, a team that has only got six or seven wins. They've certainly achieved a lot. And, and it's 
an opportunity. People in the media sometimes they just talk about the big guys, you know, the Alabamas and the LSU's and the the guys that are playing every single year, and it's expected. And it's just sometimes it's another game. It's the rest of those universities that all of a sudden they're in a bowl game, and what a great celebration for those young student athletes. And don't forget the bands. There's more kids in yeah. bands playing band they work just as hard in the summertime and you know i know nobody talks about them but this is their chance to celebrate and be in the parades and uh, have their time to go on the road well you got to talk about yeah. it because you are uh, in many ways uh, somebody who is the uh, titan of the industry to represent all of the bowls uh, uh, in, in every context the economics of the bowls are interesting because if they didn't make sense, we wouldn't have the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. We wouldn't have the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, which are two new bowls this year. And every day we look, as you said, new bowls are being created. So talk about the economics of these bowls and what makes the bowls, the demographics, the TV deals so special. Yeah, that, the reason for that, those bowls historically developed, it was a chance to bring people to your community, whether it was in Pasadena or in Miami. And there is a huge economic impact on each community. There was a study done a couple of years ago by a couple of universities, I think George Washington and San Diego State, that the and they did it by grades. Now, some of the real big bowls, like the Rose Bowl, has a greater economic impact, but the average was ranging into the $30 million of new money coming into a community because the folks that come to celebrate their team success, they want to spend money, they want to celebrate. So it's more valuable to a community than just another convention of folks that are saving, saving money. So there is a huge economic impact, bringing people to your community, showcasing your community to the rest of the country. If, if those people that are watching AutoZone Liberty, well, we have a, a halftime piece that talks about all the great things in Memphis, the Peabody Hotel, Graceland, the zoo, and uh, one of the big things for us at the Autos and Liverpool is St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Everything yeah. we do is a part of what we try and do to help raise money and awareness for St. Jude Children's Hospital. Danny Thomas, who founded the hospital, and Elvis Presley in the early days. So that's another key reason for a bowl is to do things for their community, involve the community, and get the word out to the rest of the country about what a great area, a great destination. Uh, I, I hear rumors that you're uh, you're dressing up the the uh, the uh, Elvis Presley uh, mansion folks in either uh, Texas Tech red or Mississippi State purple or maroon or whatever it is. is that is that true? Do you go out there yourself and dress those people up? It's amazing that you said that because the Texas Tech band is staying at the Graceland Guest House, which is the big hotel that Priscilla Presley oh, wow. helped develop. And so they are already in red with their Texas Tech. In fact, uh, our famous zoo, they had the pride of lions pick who was going to win. They went to whether it was the food bank for Texas Tech or for Mississippi State, they picked Texas Tech, uh, whether uh, that's going to be under further review. But we've honored Elvis Presley, won our Distinguished uh, Citizen Award some years ago and we honored priscilla a lot of people don't realize priscilla is a real fantastic woman has done so much uh, in her business situation she's the one that kept graceland open so when you said graceland you're right we're out there uh, every day standard deal for me and you pal uh, i have great ideas that are two weeks two months too late so let's talk a little bit about corporate sponsorships AutoZone classic they love you we know their stability is very important but what's in it for tail greeter for the Cure Bowl, TransPerfect this year, the Music City Bowl, Tropical Smoothie for the Frisco Bowl, Cricket for Celebration, on and on and on. Why do companies choose this as their moment in the sun? 
Well, you're right. We're so blessed to have a hometown sponsor, AutoZone, a national company. We started out with AutoZone was just more a local company 25 years ago, and they grew and grew and grew and wow. they're a big national company. So some of these others, I can't comment about some, but I do believe that ESPN makes a very compelling case as to they're getting that name out, their recognition, they're getting not only the, the local connections, but a national connection and the, the naming on bowl games. And for example, last year, our the television bowl week, I think was the highest rated week of ESPN all year long. So the sponsors get great awareness and great, great, you know, I guess, uh, I penetration around their country during bowl week. And bowl week is actually well, pretty straight. Yeah, and also the avidity of the fans. I know that if I'm a, I'm a Northwestern undergrad, they were terrible this year. But when they are at a bowl, you want to watch it because uh, that's your school and you uh, have uh, fans who are, are able to spend a lot of money, uh, are in the sweet spot for buyers. I guess that's the reason why ESPN has all but three of these games, right? That's right. Now, ESPN basically controls the postseason of college football. They they've made that a mission and they give them great credit for doing that. Years ago, you had CBS and NBC uh, with some games, but now it's basically an ESPN postseason of college football. And they're right in the middle of negotiations now about potentially extending their deal with the college football playoff. I know that's probably a time for another one of your shows, Rick, the analysis of what's going to happen with the college football playoff. You want to do 10 seconds on what you think is going to happen with the college football playoff? 20 seconds. Maybe I'll say 20. that I think it'll be, nine, it'll be 2026 before it all gets worked out, and it'll be an open bidding. This will be right up your alley, whether all the networks and some of the uh, streamers are going to get involved in the bidding on a college football player, but they have to run out the uh, six years of this current deal, which doesn't end until 2025. That's my prediction. Well, Steve obviously knows what he's talking about in many ways. A great interview heading into 2022. Sports Tech Minute. The NFL and Amazon Web Services awarded $100,000 to data scientists who took part in computer vision competition to develop algorithms for automatic identification of players involved in on-field impact of helmets. Previously, the NFL undertook a manual process of reviewing post-game frame-by-frame video to record 150 different variations for all major injuries. The league uses the data to inform rule changes, spur innovation in protective equipment, and influence coaching and training strategies. This was the second phase of the competition, building on a previous contest to crowdsource methods of detecting helmet impacts. The winning entry completed the task 83 times faster than a human. NFL SVP of Health Innovation Jennifer Langton previously summarized the results, suggesting a consolidation of acquired time from three to four days down to two hours. That's your Sports Tech Minute. Finally, given the ongoing issues of the pandemic, Good Sports 5. Shaquille O'Neal sells the stake in the Sacramento Kings, as we've said earlier, because he's going to be featured in a win bet series of ads, including Shackpot, and he can't do both. Charities will benefit. He's a very philanthropic guy. Minnesota Timberwolves and the Lynx hired their first CEO, Chief Experience Officer, Marquise Watts. It tapping the community experientially as well as increasing the fan experience. As we've said, Russell Wilson could potentially seek a change in scenery rather than a rebuild in Seattle. Pete Carroll interested as well as John Snyder. He's rumored to go anywhere and take his philanthropy with him. And then 
Finally, the Gen Z eSports partnering with Mobile One and others. We talk about that deal, but the most important issue about all of that is more eSports, more philanthropy as well. The bottom line of all of this is continues to be a tremendous year in sports, only getting bigger. We'd like to thank my good friend Steve Earhart for giving us some perspective in so many ways. I'd like to thank Nick Nielsen for helping put this podcast together. And I'd like to thank all of those who finalized the production and distribution. I'd like to thank you all for listening and watching. And join us next time when we continue to go inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports. I'm the sports professor, Rick Harrow. Have a good week.